listening to the Ladylike Podcast. Ladylike is the show where funny women tell disgusting stories. I'm your host, Jenna Gephardt. Our live story comes from Gina DeLuca, and Gina talked about when her vagina swelled up to five times its normal size, and she had to go to the emergency room when she was in Switzerland. This week, I called Ike Coxhead, and Ike is one of my friends uh, that I met in Madison, and she told me... <laughs> She told me about the time she took a shit so bad she got kicked out of a party. Here's Ike Coxhead. Um, Alright, so my first story is from when I used to party from the time I was like 16 to 23 really hard. And when I was 18, it was like, like the peak of my nasty party phase. <laughs> So my first story is like I was 18 years old and the day I turned 18 I moved out of the house and into wow. a house with my boyfriend and some friends. Yeah, um, I wouldn't let my daughter do that. Like looking back, but you know it is what it is. So <laughs> I was. Uh, really Wait, but you weren't still in high school, were you? Yeah, I was still in high school. <gasps> I was like peace out, mom. Like I'll see you at my graduation. Oh my god. Yeah, and uh, they like don't hold it against me, which is really great because <laughs> I would like you know. But, so I was really big into weed, but I hadn't, like, experimented with anything, like, harder than weed, really, except for, like, mushrooms. And I thought I was such a grown-up, right? I was 18 years old, living on my own, like, with all my friends. That's wild. And, you know in Madison, that, the Lucky Building? Yeah. Yo. Okay, so, we heard about this party at the Lucky Building at this penthouse. And it was this party of this girl... And she was a grade above us at a different school. And I was like, okay, I always thought she was so cool and pretty. And now I'm living on my own. I must be like a whole ass adult. We'll go to the party and it'll be so cool and we'll be grown up. So whatever. And like this girl had a reputation as being a model. It was like a rumor. And looking back. <laughs> that's so classic. Like, how do you get that? Did you start it yourself? Like, <laughs> that's such a nice rumor. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know. That's not how the rumors about me were, I'll tell you what. <laughs> but so I went to this party, and I, I put on lipstick. Like, I was trying quite hard. <laughs> and prior to getting there, I had gone out for food. And I had a bunch of shrimp fajitas, which is, in my <laughs> opinion, like, the best kind. Um, and I had eaten, like, 100 shrimp fajitas. And you know how sometimes, like, grease greasy food like you just get a feeling like halfway through <laughs> yeah and you're like maybe this is like dirty grease or like something like that but I don't listen to my gut feelings and I just do whatever so I didn't listen to the fact that my stomach was like clearly upset from these fajitas and I went to this party at this penthouse with this bottle <laughs> and um I get there and everyone's doing cocaine and I was teens? like why not what'd you say teens are doing it Everyone was doing wow. cocaine. I never did cocaine as a teen. I never even got a look at it. Cocaine is a joke. Just drink a coffee. <laughs> really expensive. Like, it's dumb. But I was trying to seem cool, so I decided I was going to do some coke. And first of all, I was really nervous that I was going to, like, sniff out instead of in. Oh, yeah. I've done and, that. And, like, spread the coke. <laughs> but successfully did it. I was like... I'm a grown-up. This is great. My stomach really hurts, though. Right? So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you heard this, like, nickname for cocaine, but some people call it grease. Have you heard that? No. Um, I learned very quickly why that is, because 
within 10 minutes, I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I did not know. Like, is it the fajitas? Is it the cocaine? Like, I don't even know. But I went to this bathroom, and it was messed up. It was a horrifying experience in there. Like, it was just, it was, I was, like, sweating. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I've done one of those. You take off all your clothes by the time you're done. (laughs) Yeah, for real. I, like, toweled myself off a little bit. (laughs) And I go out, and I was like, all right, cool. And the party's still starting. There's not too many people there. I was like, turn on the fan and just, you know, leave the scene. And so I did that, and I was out on the porch three minutes later, and this girl, the model, whose penthouse it is, she comes raging out the door, and she's like, who was just in the bathroom? (laughs) (laughs) And immediately I was like, I can't say that it's, like, there's no way I could say that it's me. (laughs) I was just waiting. It was just dead quiet. Like, she cut the music. She was furious. She's like, who was just in the bathroom? And my friend, very rude, pointed at me and she was like Ike was just in there and I I wanted to like just evaporate it was like so embarrassing and then she said to me she goes honestly you need to leave and I was like okay and so my first nasty story is that I took such a bad shit at a party that I got kicked out <laughs> when I was 18 wow that must have been a humdinger <laughs> It was such a humdinger. I'm still not over it. I would never react like that. Like, models are different, I guess. Um, when I was, when I was in New York, I was like, I was, I had, you know, I was like kind of drinking for a few days, and I didn't like shitting at the guy's house I was staying at. So we were at a bar like in the afternoon and it was like really divey, and I was like, this is where I'm gonna take a shit because they were like two unisex stalls. And it was, like, way worse than I anticipated. And then I went back to the bar, and I looked... I watched this girl. There was someone in the other bathroom, and I watched her, like, take one step into the bathroom and (laughs) immediately turn around and wait in line. Oh, my God. so bad. She was, like, just kidding. I felt so so much shame. I know. And, like, I'm not even someone who, like, actually cares. Like, I don't really care, care. But care enough to leave the party but i guess i got kicked out <laughs> um anyway so yeah it's so rude <laughs> it's so rude and like took she literally cut the music she took out the aux cord <laughs> what a nasty she, bitch she yeah and then i remember just being like pretty girls are mean like uh. <laughs> uh, I, and i think later when i got home i was like really way more ill and it was a really miserable miserable day um so my second story is let's see before pre-covid i was dating someone and obviously haven't seen we broke up but obviously haven't seen them so Mm -hmm. i haven't had to think about this story till today (laughs) um there's like a lot of things you know in my life i'm insecure about but my main one is my feet you know like some people their feet are kind of cute objectively me (laughs) no way my toes look like little thumbs, like they're just ugly, <laughs> ugly little feet. And um, I saw this thing on Instagram, and it's like these Korean beauty, like foot masks that peel all of your skin off. Have you seen that? Oh, I've heard about those. Oh my god, be careful with those because <laughs> seriously, like 
I thought it'd be fun. I was like, why not? I'm really insecure about my weird little feet, my little size six feet, <laughs> tiny, gross feet. And so I bought them and I was like, this will be fun. And the instructions say like, you put on this little sock, essentially. You chill for a while and you just like hang out and then take it off. And then like within like four days, your feet start like shedding their skin. Oh. And first of all, I was like, why does it take so long? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was, I was very, like, it has to, like, marinate. Like, I don't even know. And so, day four hits, and I'm like, okay, it's starting. And it lasts for three days, and I kid you not, it's so nasty. It's, um, literally so much skin just comes off your feet. Oh, that sounds good now, though. Now I'm get on board with it. Honestly, I have another one of those foot masks because I was too scared to do it again. I'll give it to you if you want. (laughs) But it's, like, so much so that they literally tell you they're, like, wear socks throughout the day because it needs to catch the skin. And so finally, yeah, it's really nasty. Now I'm I'm turned off again. Yeah, it's a little too, just too, it's way too much. (laughs) But I finally, like, gotten over the serious period where I was actually worried that my feet were going to, like, fully disintegrate off my body (laughs) and my boyfriend came over and we have been having like uh compatibility in the bedroom issues and so I was feeling kind of self-conscious already and then but I felt good I was like my cute little feet they look okay (laughs) all the skin is off (laughs) like it's good and we start having sex and all of a sudden he stops and he says like what's on your foot and I'm like what do you what do you mean and I just honestly I almost started crying because I was so fed up and I was like what do you mean and I looked back and there was just a massive huge piece of skin on the right on the bottom and we just stopped having sex we didn't talk about it and we just sat and it was it was horrible it was disgusting and I had to peel it off like I had to go to the bathroom like peel it off um yeah, gross. Don't do those Korean foot mask things unless you have like two weeks to not let anyone see your see your feet. Yeah, you know, I bet and there's so, people that really would be into that though, finding a big chunk like that. Yeah, like Doctor Pimple Poppers type people. Yeah, <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm it's that type not of person. Me at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um but wait, when so at the very end, were your feet nice and did they look good? They looked nice and smooth. And it's funny because, like, the packet of this product, it said, like, smooth, shiny, baby skin feet. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember thinking, like, okay, we'll see. They looked so cute, smooth, shiny, baby skin. But, like, they're ugly anyways, so you can't fix my little thumb toes. (laughs) Man, I wish I could see these things. You're really talking them up. (laughs) I'll send you a picture if you you can Venmo me. (laughs) That's fair. I'm going to make it the the thumbnail of this episode. Perfect. <laughs> Just the foot. foot. <laughs> so, at our live show, we put out slips of paper for the audience to write down their own disgusting ladylike stories, and these are some of those stories. And I will... Here I go. Okay. All right. The, re- the, the writing on this one is a, kind of hard to read, but... I'm gonna, it seems intriguing. Um, I was studying abroad and part of the experience was to stay in a township, which I now realize is 
kind of fucked up and voyeuristic, but regardless, <laughs> uh, myself and this other girl stayed with an elderly woman in her home for a weekend. I happened to have my period, and I guess this woman was already at menopause, and she didn't have a trash can in her bathroom. So feeling too uncomfortable at that point in my life to share that I was on my period um, or sneak the used tampons to the kitchen trash. I just wrapped them in toilet paper and stored them in the front pocket of my backpack. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> For the whole weekend. Um, uh, wait, okay. Lo and behold, a few months later, I was back in the States and I had stopped using the backpack, mainly because the strap had broken, but partly because of the experience. Anyway, my sister's then-boyfriend asked if he could have it and just repair the strap. I just let him take it and never told him the story. Pretty sure he still uses it. Wow. The tampon bag. The tampon bag. Actually, that's funny because um, I was listening to the show, and you have an episode where someone, I don't remember who, had gone on, like, a wilderness trip for back. Oh, yeah, Lindsay. Yeah, I also went on that. Um outward bound I went on it for like a month and a half because I was that bad they were like <laughs> a month and, a half. and you have to carry out your tampons you can't just like chuck them in the woods <laughs> and so at the end I had like just a ziploc bag full of used tampons oh, in my god. backpack those would and get ripe it was super ripe and it was honestly like I was just considering chucking them in the woods anyways like sorry sorry <laughs> earth <laughs> Not trying to carry that around. So, yeah, I feel that. I also have a backpack full of tampons. So. <laughs> I don't... Oh, yeah. I'm off. I'm off the stuff now. No tampons for me. I don't even get my period anymore. I know. I, I, don't, I don't either. Yeah, and it kind of makes me sad. It's like, sometimes I feel like... I don't know. Is it just storing it all up there forever? I don't yeah. get how it works, for sure. Neither whatsoever. It is, yeah, it's confusing. Um, okay, this one, this one is short and sweet. It just says, the time I puked in my mouth and then had to swallow it because I was on a plane. On a plane? Don't they give you barf bags on a plane? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. I guess they wanted to do it the traditional way. <laughs> yeah, the classic swallowing yeah. of your own puke. <laughs> Better out than in, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah, puke makes me nauseous. Yeah, a lot of people have that. It really doesn't bother me. I, like, don't throw up when I'm drunk really very often. So I'm lucky for that reason. Because that would make me throw up even more. It would never end. Yeah, I've been, I've been puking when I'm drunk. <laughs> I've been puke. Yeah, I puke. <laughs> I've, been, I've puked a couple of times during quarantine. I'm not uh, proud of it. <laughs> That's okay. It's quarantine. I get the spins. I think it's, I think it's when, it's because I smoke weed, but. Yeah, I feel that. I'm, like, very nervous about that always. Yeah. So I have to do one or the other. Sends me on a, yeah, I hate that. Um, yeah. Okay, I have one more. Um, okay. I left my friend's apartment thinking I was Gucci, only to find myself 20 minutes later on the 151 sweating, about to shit myself on public transportation. The bus ended its route at Belmont, and my street was three blocks up. I considered banging on the doors of the Gold Coast apartments and going to beg them to let me shit at their house. Instead, I tried running the three blocks home. Uh, little did I know, running increases your need to shit. With my asshole absolutely quivering, <laughs> I, I made it to just outside my apartment doors on the 
On the third sidewalk to the right, when I knew it was a lost cause, I looked up at God and shit myself on the street. <laughs> now every day as I pass that third sidewalk, I nod my head and pay respects to the dignity left behind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, like, what do you do if you shit yourself with your clothes? I think you kind of waddle home. But, like, what do you do after you take them off? Oh, I think I think you burn them. <laughs> I think you throw them. Like, I would absolutely throw them away. Like, I'm not going to wash those by hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's rough. I haven't shit myself in public yet. We'll see. Me either. I've never shit myself. But I don't know if it's... Lately, I, usually I have very solid uh movements and yeah. i don't know if it's i'm getting older or if it's like quarantine but something has been a little different <laughs> and i don't care for it yeah i don't i also have very solid ones and when things change up i get freaked out i know i was Some relying on you, you diarrhea know? every day every day is diarrhea day during <laughs> quarantine <laughs> <laughs> Our live story comes from Gina DeLuca. Gina is a comedic essayist and performer based in Chicago, and this was recorded in December of 2018. Here's Gina DeLuca. But we didn't mean to know anything, then we split away. and that your soulmate's genitalia corresponded perfectly to yours. For example, if you had a round hole, your soulmate might have a round protrusion, as opposed to a square peg. If you had three folds of skin south of your mons, like, say, I do, your soulmate might have four, and you'd fit together like cobs turning time inside a clock. I guess I figured my true love and I would rock back and forth together for a while until one of us became pregnant with a mutant that could look forward to finding a twin flame of its very own someday. I confidently told my theory to my peers, who didn't have enough hard evidence to refute me, but knew in their hearts I had been failed somewhere along the way. You bet I'll be there. I told my sister, Tina, accepting an invitation to visit her in Switzerland for two weeks after graduating college. All I'd have to pay for were any extra expenses while there, but airfare, food, and lodging were all included. She was pregnant with my nephew and bedridden most of the day with early pregnancy sickness. My brother-in-law was traveling to China for work and she needed help taking care of my then three-year-old niece, Audrey. Happy to help. I hadn't visited her since she moved to Switzerland and was excited to travel. I packed my flirtiest outfits in case the one was waiting for me on the plane, or on the train from the airport to her town, or on the Nestle factory tour we were scheduled to do. <laughs> Thankfully, it was summer, a season I consider myself to really excel in, so... <laughs> I felt pretty optimistic should I come across any hotties. I'll bring you guys back some chocolate and watches, I said to my friends. 
<laughs> that was all smiles on the way to the airport and as I printed my ticket from the kiosk. No, you go first. I generously told people hustling past me on the moving walkway. After all, I was being called upon to help a family member in need. I felt honored to distribute such goodwill to the rest of the world. I even made polite chatter with strangers while waiting in line for the bathroom, delighted to put a smile on someone else's face. Traveling is stressful. Why not just hand out a couple laughs if you can? <laughs> I instantly embraced my new identity as a philanthropist. <laughs> This is just who I am now, I <laughs> Normally I walk around forgetting I have genitals until I see deep kissing in a movie. <laughs> but while on the escalator at the airport, tiny stings that barely registered as itchy suddenly plucked at my folds as though a little ant was trying to find its way out of my underpants by chewing through me. I tried to remain bubbly, but could only churn out weak smiles for my fellow travelers. Whatever was happening between my legs clouded the atmosphere around me, and strangers stopped seeming so thankful I was around. In my seat, I pulled at my underwear through my dress and squeezed my legs together, wishing that the insides of my thighs had little fingers. The middle-aged businessman who sat down next to me instantly fell asleep with his mouth open, and judging by the fog of stink surrounding the cavities in his face, it was clear he hadn't drank any water for six days. <laughs> his confidence that the pilots wouldn't crash during takeoff, on top of his confidence that I wouldn't judge his body, made me realize <laughs> that confidence isn't always sexy. <laughs> I didn't have to peek under his pants to know he was no soulmate of mine. <laughs> so, I sat with my face smashed against the window, the cold plastic against my nose, neutralizing the smell from inside his head. <laughs> the closer we got to Paris, the more irritated the ant got, and the saltier I got. Sitting for so long magnified my discomfort, and my mood turned black as night. My state of mind was so low at this point, I became nihilistic. I understood that at 35,000 feet, we were meaningless to the people on the ground, which meant we were relatively meaningless overall, especially the man decaying next to me. Just little specks sitting in little seats inside a bigger little speck. I looked around, imagining that every speck on that plane had its own teeny tiny little thoughts and opinions little jobs and preferences and secrets, but only until those preoccupations preoccupied the people below would we seem like people to them too. No one cares about us up here, I thought. We look like dust. <laughs> I tried to distract myself from the itch by drinking a Coke handed to me by the flight attendant, another missed opportunity to hydrate by my decomposing neighbor. <laughs> When that didn't work, I tried watching a movie on my laptop, but nothing relieved me. All I could do was frown as the whole universe became clear to me in my suffering. I couldn't see the little specks on my skin, but I could feel them. I realized that like people, they didn't matter to me until I became aware of their existence and couldn't care about them until they affected my own existence. 
Little specks were crawling all over me. I was a speck crawling around inside this plane, which was just a speck floating gracefully through the sky of a speck orbiting around the sun of eight other specks speckled inside a galaxy clustered near other galaxies, sprinkled inside a universe strung up next to other universes. Everything and nothing matters, <laughs> Breathing in the rut through the warm half of my face. Everything is nothing. <laughs> Bonjour, can I have some ice? I frowned at the Frenchman selling coffee and paninis at the Charles de Gaulle airport. By the time we landed in Paris, what was a little ant biting its way through to the other side of me became a beetle with a mouth full of incisors. Normally, I'll decide within a split second if any man I encounter is someone I'm interested in marrying. But I couldn't qualify the clerk I had just waddled up to as anyone other than someone with ice. The only input about reproduction my brain could accommodate was whether or not my vagina might be transforming into something else. I shuffled to the restroom, slammed the door of the stall, and ripped off my underpants to see my skin looking red and slightly swollen. I stood over the toilet, letting my hands full of ice do the work I wished the imaginary fingers on my thighs could do. The invisible insects temporarily stilled, but the feel of cloth against my skin agitated them. So I left the bathroom, undies stashed in my purse, the air conditioning of France billowing around to cool me under my dress. I forced myself to notice the beautiful scenery while on the train to Lausanne. I figured if I could just focus on the vacation I was supposed to be having, then the bugs eating me out would get bored and disappear. <laughs> this place is pretty, this place is nice, I repeated in my head, a mantra to restore my health and sanity. But the snow-covered Alps and brown cows with golden bells scattered across hilly landscapes were all marred by creatures I couldn't see. When I finally arrived at Tina's apartment, she was throwing up in a bucket from the couch. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here, she smiled at me, relieved and green with nausea. Aunt Jean is here! Aunt Jean is here! Audrey yelled, curls bouncing all over her head. At this point in my life, I still hated kids. <laughs> no matter what little time I spent with them, I did not appreciate how they siphoned away all the attention I needed to spend on myself. <laughs> but for my sister, I tried to love her because that's what I had been called upon to do. <laughs> Tina showed me around the apartment and told me what to feed Audrey for breakfast and lunch, how to load the laundry, how the dishwasher worked. If you could just keep her occupied for part of every day so that I could rest, that would be a huge help, she told me. The tour of her home had weakened her. When it was over, she flopped back onto the sofa, leaving me to bond with Audrey, whose only hobby was spending a portion of her parents' income collecting anything branded with a Disney princess. <laughs> I told myself it didn't matter how boring my niece acted, because her needs were what I had endured two flights, a corpse, and a train ride for. <laughs> to fulfill my duty, I knew I needed a quick fix, and decided I had a yeast infection, because the only thing Tina had in her bathroom was yeast infection ointment. <laughs> so, I filled the applicator with the white, creamy medication and plunged it inside myself. It's no big deal, I'm sure it'll go away before I wake up. I reassured everyone before passing out. 
At eight in the morning, I woke up to the sound of myself moaning in pain. <laughs> Overnight, my inner fold had swelled five times its normal size, a tomato plant fruiting in a briar patch. <laughs> Whatever imaginary insects that were crawling around there the day before had apparently burrowed inside of my clitoris now an incubating pupa waiting to hatch into an entirely different set of genitals. <laughs> the transformation was so gruesome, I ambled to the bathroom and vomited in the toilet. Aunt Jean is up! Aunt Jean is up! <laughs> exclaimed Audrey from outside the door, running in circles, wearing pajamas, full of needs like getting dressed and fed. <laughs> Good morning, Tina called from her outpost on the couch. I have to go to the hospital, I cried through the door. So, my sick pregnant sister dressed and fed Audrey, loaded her in the back seat and assisted me into the car. She drove me to the Swiss ER, pulling over to puke in the street. <laughs> Why is it so big, I wailed over and over. The rain outside pounding against the windows. I had upstaged Tina in her time of need and could hear the thought, fucking of course, playing loudly on repeat inside the brain. I was starting to feel like old Gina, the self-serving person I was before I generously accepted this invitation. Once we arrived, I slouched uselessly in a chair while Audrey colored and Tina frowned. Walking around made the thing jiggle, which caused me piercing, needling pain, but the chrysalis threatened to burst when I sat, ready to release a hundred butterflies or a new penis. <laughs> <laughs> Laying down was no good because the fabric of my skirt would touch my skin and send me howling. Underwear was out of the question. My only option was to wear a dress and slouch as low as possible in a seat to elevate my bare red bulb. So, if you happen to walk by me in the waiting room and glance down, you'd remember what you saw for the rest of your life. <laughs> Is this just who I am now? <laughs> the hospital was lit by the sun shining through skylights instead of the garish fluorescent lights you normally see so everything looked dark and gray from the rain outside. A nurse called my name, pointed down a hall, and told, me something to, uh, and told me something in French. She disappeared before I could clarify where I was supposed to go. So I hobbled down a long, empty hallway, walking as if I had braces on my legs, but needed to transport a two-by-four between my knees. <laughs> a creepy T-Rex wandering around in the dark. <laughs> I chose an empty room and slouched in a chair facing a wall so that my little hive wasn't the first thing that greeted whoever walked through the door. While waiting, my mind stilled. I was empty, numb from my many changes, as though the molted outer shell of myself was a thing waiting in the room to be examined. Just a day ago, I had been a recent college graduate who craved whatever praise or money or opportunity people were willing to hand out to me. A person who couldn't be bothered to return the favor unless it came with a free trip. After a terrific stroke to my ego, I watched myself metamorphose into a friendly person, someone warm to strangers, someone inflated with a sense of duty and generosity, 
a purpose to help. And mere hours later, I watched that same person take a hard fall back into that pit of self-absorption, like a caterpillar that turns into a moth and then back into a caterpillar. <laughs> My body violently rejected doing someone a favor. In the end, I was more the person I had been than I had ever been. And then, a blonde ski instructor dressed as a doctor <laughs> He was so unreasonably attractive that I knew I would have fallen truly, deeply in love had we met the week before. But my new set of genitals meant we might not be a match. <laughs> I officially resigned myself to attract not one cutie the whole trip. Even if I were able to walk again someday, I'd likely have a saggy bag of skin between my legs once the swelling went down, making that dead executive from the flight over the only soulmate I could ever possibly attract. <laughs> okay, take off your clothing, tell me the problem, he pouted, a walking ad for that white coat. <laughs> I'll just show you, I said. I rolled myself onto the table, feet in stirrups. He peered between my legs and said, I'll return shortly. <laughs> he came back with three male models who examined, <laughs> 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 who examined me with gloved hands, fingers exploring my mound of skin. They looked puzzled speaking French to each other, and finally informed me that we have never seen this before. <laughs> I left with a prescription for an antibiotic and antifungal, no diagnosis, and a bill for 500 Swiss francs that my sister would pay for on top of everything else. I fumigated myself with medication and spent the rest of the trip shrinking back to normal size on the couch next to Tina watching Homeland. Audrey played with her princesses and carried on, aggravating my sister's fatigue, while I elevated my legs over pillows on the couch and begged for mercy. I want to say I emerged from this experience a better person overall, but all I learned was that something infested me, and then I infested my sister. Thanks for having me, I told her. <laughs> You've been listening to the Ladylike Podcast. I've been here with Ike Coxhead. I'm Ike, and you can follow me on Instagram if you want to see all my dumb posts. It's at Ike.3000, A-I-K-I.3000, just like Andre 3000, but it's Ike. <laughs> I'm Jenna Gephardt, and this podcast has been produced by me. If you'd like to check out our live show, it happens every third Monday of the month at Cafe Mustache in Logan Square. The live show is produced by myself, Lucia Whalen, and Elise Fernandez. And the theme song is from Natalie Grace Alford. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please rate and subscribe to this podcast, and we'll see you next week. 